Welcome to Alex and Annie, the real women of vacation rentals. With more than 35 years combined industry experience, Alex Husner and Annie Holcomb have teamed up to connect the dots between inspiration and opportunity, seeking to find the one story, idea, strategy, or decision that led to their guest's big aha moment. Join them as they highlight the real stories behind the people and brands that have built vacation rentals into the $100 billion industry it is today. And now it's time to get real and have some fun with your hosts, Alex and Annie. Welcome to Alex and Annie, the real women of vacation rentals. I'm Alex. And I'm Annie. And we're back today for the October 1st, first of the month bonus episode brought to you by AJL Atelier. And we have a surprise today. We are going straight into the episode. Simon is here and Simon, welcome. It's <laughs> so good to see you. Thank you, Alex and Annie. Great to see you too, as usual. It's a, it's a Friday morning, really cutting it close to getting to down to the wire, but we wanted to make sure that we could get all of the nuggets of travel that you experienced this last month, all the shows, all the conferences, everything that you've done. It's a lot to talk about. So we've given you the entire show this time. Oh, wow. That's incredible. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Now that's that's uh, you know I'm a person who doesn't like to talk a lot, so this is going to be very. Good. Oh yeah, that's right. The, that is <laughs> the farthest true. thing from that's the truth. Yeah. As Annie said, it is Friday. It's September 30th. Uh, we are in the middle of Hurricane Ian, and we just wanted to wish our um, thoughts and prayers to everybody who's been affected by the storm. So our, our travel, our our recording got a little bit messed up yesterday. Travel is just kind of crazy right now, so we are not doing a video episode for this, but. Uh, Wanted to make sure that we caught up with Simon. We're about to go to Verma next month, and we'll get your thoughts on that here soon. But give us give us the the lay of the land of where you've been over the last month, because we've been following the pictures and Facebook, and it just looks like you've been to some amazing places. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've been very fortunate the last couple of weeks uh, here in Europe. I, I literally just came in last night, uh, and and that's why we couldn't record yesterday night because there was an air traffic control strike in France, and my flight oh, from Spain to Switzerland had massive delays. So, oh my so we, could, we couldn't have made it. So that's part and parcel of traveling. But yeah, I think uh, so. This month uh, we're still in September. We've had the Vacation Rental World Summit. Um, in uh, in Porto, which uh, was an incredible event, 538 people from all over the world. Uh, Antonio and his wife Christina did yet again an amazing job. It was in a in a separate venue, so there was no hotel attached to it. So everybody was either staying in separate hotels or vacation rentals, but that really didn't matter. We had a lot of nice side events, and it was good uh, places to network. And you know, this crowd is sort of used to get together after conferences and don't, don't just get run running home. And I think that's also an important piece of the conference, what is happening socially next to the content and everything else. So um, this year, to the difference to honesty, when Vacation Rental World Summit was, first of all, more attendance um, at, a, at a beautiful, Porto is an amazing, beautiful city in Portugal, um, really picturesque, very nice old old city. People really enjoyed it. And I think it's it was also quite uh, economical for people to get to. It wasn't too hard to get to Porto and it's not that expensive also to uh, to rent properties in Porto. Thank God I had a, I had a great rental uh, together with my team with Katie and and, and Colonel. In terms of content, um, um, Antonio has made some adjustments. Um, we had these roundtables. So one thing that I really liked in in um, in in Porto and also in Honesty last year is that 
the seating is arranged. So you can't just sit wherever you want. So that's one yeah. thing that I really enjoy um, because they have tables by the sizes of PMs. So they can create more value for the sponsors as well to make sure they have them at the right table at the larger uh, PMs as well. So 100 plus, 50 plus, uh, 20 plus. And uh, and then the, the, the larger ones sit more at the front. Uh, they had three video screens because it was a wide room. So they they filmed uh, the center stage and and uh, projected it to the side. So everybody had a good visibility uh, on what was happening on the on the main stage, despite the fact it was very large. It was a single track conference. I honestly prefer single track conferences, mm-hmm. um, maximum dual track. And I'll talk about that uh, quickly at the Vantia, which I thought was a pretty interesting format as well. Um, so the roundtables work really well, and each roundtable is a facilitator that has an envelope with some questions in it to break the ice, get the people introduced to the, during the, the roundtable breaks. It's an hour, and then everybody can sort of mention their main pain points and operational challenges that they're facing. And then, you know, to, to the dislike of AGL Consulting, you get free consulting for an hour from everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, it's interesting to hear what, you know, what people are very open. They share, they help each other. Our table was, again, super international. We had people from France, from Portugal, from Dubai, um, large property managers. So it was really interesting that they're sharing their challenges openly. Uh, main challenge this year, wherever you go at any conferences, it's obviously the human capital, it's the labor, it's the the you know the cleaning and the maintenance people that that are missing to deliver a good guest experience while we're all facing uh, rising guest ex- uh, guest expectations. So that's definitely by far our biggest challenge in Europe as well. Uh, people dealing with operations, scaling operation, not finding the right people to do so, and hence, and therefore also technology. So technology is obviously still a super hot topic. Um, one thing that I've enjoyed, so that was very good. Um, so they had one session in the morning, one in the afternoon. Then they had some, some main stage sessions with either keynotes and some panels. And then they've added an additional format, which was uh, called speed dating. And um, thank God I've already given feedback to Antonio so I can publicly mention it, but that didn't work. <laughs> that didn't very work well at all and people didn't like it. So anybody I spoke to just last week in Valencia as well who were in Porto, uh, it didn't work. It, for, so was, for is that like where you're at a table and you just keep moving down the line every couple of minutes? No, actually it was more, it's all round tables, uh, Alex, like everything was the same. But what what was happening is that some of the main sponsors they had they had key um, speed dating um, subscription as well, which meant somebody from a tech company sitting at a table, and any PM can then sit at that table and ask as many questions as they like about mm-hmm. that tech, and then rotate right. But that didn't work at all. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. so the vendors were very disappointed, and also the people didn't go to. They used the time to go and network and 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 everything else. So that so that really was the price that they pay to have less keynotes. So I think hopefully next year they come back with creating more content. And yes, you can make it more engaging, like what we did at, at VRMA uh, Executive to have the crowd uh, more included. But it's also very tough, you know, when, because when the crowd is not engaged, then it's very hard to, you know, to get them uh, raise their hands, ask questions. So you need to facilitate that very well. 
Um, but I think the, um, the roundtables, they will continue because they're really good. You get to know people, you, you share your challenges and, and get really good in, uh, takeaways. But I think the, the speed dating session will definitely not come back. They will, they will go back to creating more content on stage. That's interesting, too, because one of the conferences that I went to earlier this year, GNEX uh, in Vegas, that's more of a timeshare vacation ownership conference. They had a speed dating that it actually went, went really well, that they this is something they do at all their events. They've got one really long table and it's um, you're in front of somebody and they do it during a happy hour, too, <laughs> which makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. And you're in fr- the person you're in front of, you have, I think, two minutes to talk to them and then you just keep rotating seats down the line. So you end up meeting literally everybody, everybody yeah. events. and then that way afterwards you know who you want to go and talk to more. that is super cool yeah, yeah. That's that's what speed dating is about right right yeah. Yeah. yeah i've done the one that you talked to i did that several years ago when i was at expedia and it and to your point because you're not required to go to everyone certain vendors get the attention and certain yeah. ones don't yeah. and you get to, and it's it's very it's it's very to the point that you, he had um done assigned seating, you'd think that you would make it mandatory to participate at all tables. But I did want to ask a question because I've seen Antonio for several years on LinkedIn and um, and just kind of watched the people that go to his summit. And what, what was his reasoning for putting this together? And is it is it far different than the way we do conferences and topics and discussions than we have in the U.S.? Yeah, I mean, he started actually an online event first, and then he then it turned into a physical event later on because he did that all online. It's like right. next year. Next year, by the way, it's going to be in Barcelona, which are which we are super excited about because first of all, we can have uh, good good parties at the AJL office, which is awesome. Oh yeah, that uh, would be Annie, that's, that's the, the one, one we're going to. Go Alex. Yeah, <laughs> we're trying to figure <laughs> out which one overseas we're going to go to. The AJL. <laughs> now you have good reason. So it's the yeah. ten year uh, VRWS in Barcelona, which is awesome. We're super excited. A lot of tech companies there. A lot of things to do. Um, so yeah, first online, and then it started physical, very small. It was more a boutique event, and then it, you know, and, and more sort of small PMs, fifty units, more luxury rental companies as well, very Italian focused. And now it's become very international. There are people from the United States. There's a good mix of different kind of of, of attendance. I think one thing he needs to be very careful uh, about, and I, and and I I gave him that as a feedback as well, is that now it's getting to a size where it can start slipping if you if you know what i mean so you yeah. know it's yeah. it loses its touch it loses the the value of networking and everything else and if it goes above a certain size then it can sort of lose this the, the cutting edge the attractiveness of an of an event if it gets too large and then people will not go anymore and yeah. and vendors will not go either one of the downsides he had this year that the venue had he had he was really limited in having good enough exhibition space so some of the key sponsors uh, actually eight of them in total or even more had their booths within the exhibition hall within the the main hall so that meant in the breaks, everybody left and they didn't get any traffic. Oh, wow. yeah. Yeah. So that was not well received. And I think you sure. have to deal with I'm quite sure. a few sponsors. Yeah. I feel like every, every conference, it just gets worse and worse. I feel so bad for the vendors that I think Chicago was probably the hardest for VRMA, where the vendors were, they were so far off. Oh, my gosh. Everything else ridiculous. was. We couldn't even, yeah. Annie and I couldn't even find it. We can find it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we that's, and honestly, you know, from a lexicon standpoint, that's what we looked at at the beginning of the year, like the shows 
where we knew we were going to get the most traffic and where it was the biggest bang for our buck. And, and it's the smaller ones that you do pay a little more for comparative to like these large ones you pay, you pay a higher price just because of the, I guess the exclusivity or the number, but some of these bigger, we don't, we don't do VRMA anymore because it's just so big and you get so much more out of it being able to sit at a table at a, you know, one of the sessions or at a meal. And I think that there's, we have to, the industry is so big and there's so much content that needs to be delivered. We have to find a good balance in that, you know, we have to have vendors to support the shows to make the shows work, but we also have to have the participation from the PMs and and everybody to make the vendors want to go. And, but finding the balance where you can actually have those two connect and people don't feel pushed aside or not getting their worth. I mean, it, it's a, it's a really tough balance. I think for anybody that, that puts a show on, I don't know that there's a perfect scenario, but that's definitely something that has to be worked on. Yeah. I think one thing that Antonio was very careful about is not, is, is having limited uh, sponsors and exhibition spaces, which actually uh, results in having a great uh, variety of different type of vendors because mm-hmm. it's limited. And then you got, you don't have like 10 PMSs and all the channel managers right. and, and when it sold out, it sold out. So it was really cool that there was, you know, there's only a few, a handful of PMSs, only a handful of revenue managers, and maybe one channel manager. The rest was guest experience um, technology like Doof. Um, you know, revenue management was there, obviously, uh, uh, Verbo and booking. So it was a good diversity and, and not, not the same vendor. So that's more value for, for the people who attend as well. So, but look, that is the hardest thing in any conference. And I think... Yeah. You know, now going forward, you know, to, uh, one week later, I was in Valencia. I was moderating the um, partnership event of Avantio for 2022 in, in, in Valencia at an incredible venue in a hotel. And they had like two palaces opposite each other in, in the, in the yeah, hotel. Yeah, it looked vicinity. amazing. It looks beautiful. Yeah. It was absolutely incredible. And one thing that, so they had two stages. They had a main stage in an auditorium with about 180 seats. And then they had uh, a fireside place uh, in, 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 this, in, the, in the other palace where there was a seating probably about the same. Total attendance was 450, 27 nationalities. Mm-hmm. Um, coming from all over the world. And I heard uh, people saying, and I'm not going to quote names here, but also international people and people who've been to v- many vendor conferences in the US, especially the PMSs who put very large uh, vendor conferences on, they said this was hands down the best vendor conference they've ever attended to. Really? Wow. Yeah. Well, a lot of good to learn from that then. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. In terms of quality, yeah. in terms of execution, um, you know, they had incredible speakers, they had people from Booking, uh, Airbnb, they had people from Verbo, they had really, really good uh, speakers, very good technology, but um, they had a lot of, um, I mean, the, the tracks were really good because some tracks that attracted a lot of people, um, like on the main stage, you could watch them in the fireside. They they live telecasted that. So yeah, because it was limited seating at 180 seats, they had live uh, telecasting into the other venue uh, that that they could also watch that uh, through video, um, which was amazing. So they they were really thoughtful about that. And then you had du- so you had dual tracks on certain things, and on certain things it was a single track, but with with a, a broadcasting into a different uh, stage. So then people really enjoyed that. 
Uh, the food, as you can appreciate in Spain, is is always good. Caesar, yeah. uh, the head of sales at Avante, did an incredible job. And and for me, um, the absolute highlight was uh, on the second day we had uh, a keynote speaker uh, with Tony Nadal. Tony Nadal um, mm-hmm. is probably one of the most famous uh, tennis coaches in the world. He was um, he's uh, Rafa Nadal's uncle, and oh, okay. he yeah. for many 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 years, not anymore. Uh, and he's considered to be one of the best coach. Now the latest uh, U.S. Open winner, the 19-year-old, comes from the same academy of Tony Nadal as well. So he's producing world stars. And and his keynote was absolutely incredible. And um, I'm actually I, I've I've taken about 25 different quotes, which I then summarized in my closing speech. And I'm happy to to share them with you as well. It was for me very inspiring. I'm a I'm a, a tennis player myself, and um, and I really enjoyed. To have a person like that, it just takes you out of your hamster wheel. And what I'm going to say with that, it, yeah. it doesn't matter if it was Tony Nadal or somebody else, but it just takes you out of your day-to-day, you know, vacation rental groove. You know, you go out in the evening, go for dinner with everybody. You, you keep talking about vacation rental. Yeah, yeah. 24-7. <laughs> And yeah. then, you know, on this, and actually what was very smart on the second day at 9 a.m. he was on. So you can imagine, yeah. like, we, like we came home like at two o'clock in the morning. But right. when you, <laughs> Yeah, you wanted to be there for that. You wanted to see yeah. him. Yeah. I, I that's to that's be definitely there. something that, that our conferences are missing. And I really think that that's a huge opportunity that yeah. we should be bringing in a big keynote because that also, one, if it's a, you it know, that's very well known, it, it draws in more of a crowd. So I think one, from a marketing perspective, to get attendance at conferences, that's always a great idea. But two, to your point, you know, we're talking about vacation rentals all day long, 24 seven. I mean, literally (laughs) you need a little bit of a break and I think there's just, it sparks good conversation and you should leave conferences feeling inspired. And I think sometimes it's so mired down in uh, the issues that we're all facing that it's good to have some outside knowledge and and inspiration. I I I have a question. Um, yeah, go ahead. Um, sorry. No, I, I was, I wanted to know, um, you know, so we're getting ready to go to Varma um, in a few weeks and you, the topics that are like hot and, you know, front and center in the U.S. Is it the same in Europe as like advocacy, you know, the fighting of regulations, the, the enormous growth of vacation rentals? Is it, Work, is it happening? Workforce, this, are they still having it? Yeah. Is, yeah. Is it the same thing there or is it very isolated by country? Like it's so, it's so hard for me to wrap my head around the variations yeah. between different countries yeah. there. So it's interesting. Yeah. No, I mean, that's a super valuable point. And, and yeah, let's touch on the topics a little bit. Um, so I think, so there is several and it's it's totally identical, right? It's totally identical. One thing that I really enjoy and that we're pushing very hard and all the conferences are pushing very hard. And and that's also in, in Coma and, and in, in, in Valencia is that these were... Um, sustainable conferences. So based on sustainability, which means, um, you know, no more plastic bottles for the people to grab. It would, it's it's all like anything that they supply. So they have glasses, no more cups. It's, it's really, it's, they put their heads around and say, we want to have sustainable conferences. We don't want people to come with masses of paperwork and whatever. So for mm-hmm. example, us at AGL, we just had QR codes on our table and you could take a photo and then you can download the PDF of our of our company presentation or whatever. So you could so the sustainability issue is a very big issue and it's now really driving into into vacation rental as well. What can we do as PMs to reduce carbon footprint 
and how can we become better at reducing energy consumption for vacation rental and get owners uh, you know, better at that. You know, we're facing a massive energy crisis in Europe uh, with the war in the Ukraine and Russia. Um, that so it comes sort of in a double whammy. One is the the climate change, and the other one is the the, the reduction of energy as well at the same time, which we need to we need we need to do. So that was a, a big topic, and it's going to be a big topic going forward. Then the other ones are, are very universal in terms of um, you know uh, human capital, the challenges of operation execution, dealing with higher guest expectation. What does that mean for your technology you apply to to deliver better guest experience at lower cost? Um, so that's definitely a, a massive issue. Uh, profitability is obviously a, a huge one. You know, people are struggling to raise capital. So anybody that is not profitable right now is really suffering to raise more capital uh, for their businesses. VCs are very careful in providing more capital. So it's very, very challenging to raise more capital. So I, I did a keynote on M&A and, and, and about valuation of businesses. And, and there's a lot of interest in that. People want to figure out what to do with their businesses. Should they sell? What are what are the opportunities? What are the valuations? So that's another big one. And then one that is very consistent for the last couple of years is obviously, you know, revenue management and, and the whole use of data to be smarter, making smarter decisions, making smarter yeah. um, decisions strategically. So Beyond had good presentation, transparent, um, was there too. Key, key data dashboard came to Europe. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Which which is quite interesting. You know, they see that as a as a as a big market and they sure. definitely want to come here as well. So I think the other topics, uh, operation related, financial, they're very uh, universal and not something totally different. Regulatory, maybe as a last point uh, on these topics, we, we definitely do see also in Europe regulation to be one of the single biggest threats to our industry overall, right? But it really varies by country, by state, by city, uh, everything else. So it's, it's, it's being understood that uh, this is a big risk also for investors, um, but it's not isolated across uh, Europe because each country handles it in a different fashion. Um, so it's it's understood it's a risk, but it's being dealt off more on a local level. Would you say that the regulatory issues are worse over there right now? Or what is the climate? Is it about the same as what we're facing stateside or how would you compare? Yeah, it's a good question, Alex. It's very hard for me to say because they're so different and uh, we're seeing different models. Like we're seeing markets that are totally not regulated. Like, you know, in the, in the leisure markets, the regulation is not very challenging at all. Like in Italy and, and also Spain, I mean, they're, you know, they're literally not regulated. Maybe there's a couple of implications you need to like requirements you need to meet. Uh, but then you have highly regulated markets like Barcelona, which have been regulated for many, many, many years which is there's it's a cap you need to have your property license there's 9500 licenses in the city but that's actually not bad because uh, yeah. it, it keeps the market very competitive um there's you know many property managers in that market 257 in total um and nobody complains about the regulation in that market because it's capped everybody deals with it it's the way it is right so i, I think you can't compare it um, because also things are are moving. And then, you know, infringement is the last one to think about. There's there's markets that are actually regulated, but there's no infringement. There's no uh, there's no penalties. So people continue to do whatever they want. 
which makes it harder for you to sell a business in a in a in a in a regulated market if right. you don't follow the regulations because then you you run into risks, right? Yeah. Right. What about from an acquisition standpoint? Are you yeah. seeing a you know pretty good amount of companies over there that are wanting to not necessarily acquire, but that are in the in the sell mode right now? Yeah, I think both. I think uh, I think on the sell side, definitely there is a, there is a appetite there. What we don't have is what the U.S. had recently with like two large companies uh, sort of dominating the acquisition uh, scene, while other right. private equities want to get into it. In Europe, it's it's more company to company and not like one large one gobbling up everybody else. I mean, yeah, yeah. sure, Oyo Oyo has been quite uh, has been quite acquisitive. Um, um, Aways has been quite acquisitive as well as well, but it's actually more between countries and and, and larger. Property managers more cash want to buy smaller ones, and yeah, there is a lot of movement in the market besides technology, also in the property management side. But you know, because the market is so big and 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 so fragmented, you you don't hear as much as you do when a when a transaction happens in right. the US. Everybody knows yeah. that immediately. Yeah. In yeah. Europe, you don't you don't hear about it. What, what would be your predictions for as we end twenty twenty two and going into twenty twenty three? Just on our side of, of the world or on yours, but uh, you know we saw so many acquisitions earlier this year and about middle part of the year. What do you think is going to happen? And with the recession, I mean, is that how does that factor into the climate for people wanting to sell their businesses right now? Yeah, Let me absolutely. throw this in there, Simon. Like, so when you're answering that, <laughs> give your opinion on a ways. Because I saw that they were looking to possibly sell. Yeah, I you know I can't make too many comments on that, but it's definitely oh, happening. Oh man, <laughs> it's in the process. You tried to just slip that in. Come on, Simon. <laughs> While you're answering that question, answer this one. There has been some announcement, and yes, um, it it you know with the Sky News yesterday saying that uh, Aways is at market. They have appointed bankers. Yeah, um, you news. know that's. We're hearing the same, but we haven't seen anything yet. So let's let's wait and see. I mean, it's it's only natural on that one. You know, a, a, an average lifetime value of a portfolio company with a private equity is five years. So okay. 2000, 2018 Platinum bought it. It's now 22. So it's no surprise that eventually yeah. they get it to a level where they, you know, the, it needs to roll over. My take is it's definitely going to be a private equity again and not an industry buyer. Uh, to buy this uh, asset, and uh, and and we shall see. But we're definitely uh, ready to have a bite to that for sure. Um, so I, I think, you know, I'm I'm cautious uh, actually, Alex, and um, also on the outlook. I, I I we have so many different opinions. People are very bullish. I think again, it depends on certain markets. You know, in the UK, we're seeing energy prices tripling where people want to do long-term rentals again because they don't want to pay the utility costs because energy costs have become so high. So it really depends on which markets. This can fuel two things. This can fuel a very quick exit and say, hey, now it's good time. Let's get rid of the business. And others will say, hey, let's manage the next crisis and get this a little bit bigger. Because the question is, you know, a, a recession or an economical downturn is actually nothing bad per se for the vacation rental industry, right? Because when interest rates come up, you might have more supply coming to your market, which actually are properties that owners can't afford anymore. So they need income. So they're rented out, right? Because interest rates going up, their financing becomes more expensive. And, you know, 
it, I, economical downturns have always fueled the vacation rental industry and it's always come out stronger afterwards. We've seen that with COVID. We've seen that with SARS. We've seen that with 9-11. We've seen that with the financial crisis in 2008. Interest rates gone up. A lot of pe- uh, owners couldn't keep their houses anymore, so they started to rent it out, which they didn't rent before. So more supply is coming in because one thing that is still continuing to be very strong is the demand. So P- I had Pierre on stage on a fireside in, a, in Valencia, and he's quite bullish. He says, you know, our, our data shows that demand is still very strong for vacation rental, and, and it will really depend how much uh, supply is going to be there. Is it going to grow? And people will then say, look, I just continue through that storm, grow my business a bit bigger and and, and sell it later. So I think you have two different camps. Some might want to get rid of it now and, and others will just go through and, and get bigger. A lot going on. So <laughs> I did want to ask um, on, on that, um, Guesty. So Guesty's making yeah, a lot of moves and, <laughs> and they've, they've purchased a lot. And so I think that to me, it signals that they're they're really putting you know putting their footing in the U.S. And I think that they've been here. I was talking to another PMS provider yesterday, um, who actually said that they had lost some some accounts to them because they've got some really good, good cool technology and some embedded apps that are that are pretty neat. So, um, what are your thoughts on again the consolidation that's continuing within the verticals? And you know, do you see? more of that happening with the technology space where these technology providers are going to buy up the complementary um, systems like, you know, yeah. a channel manager or, a, you know, a, a property tech type, uh, you know, uh, guest, guest services type things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, consolidation is happening on the tech front without a doubt. And we always predicted that already in 2019, it was, you know, the, the stars were there to clearly indicate that consolidation needs to happen. Too much capital uh, in the market, not not enough profitability, uh, limited addressable market as well. Uh, the monsters will pull through, acquire others. Uh, while we still see more verticals in tech, uh, PMSs are starting to consolidate. And then also the other verticals will start consolidating. I think, in the, and I'll get back to that in a second, vacation rental, I clearly made that statement in, in literally every conference. I do believe this industry will remain hyper-fragmented and hyper-local uh, and will be very difficult um, to, to roll up. Maybe franchises have some opportunities to do that. But, you know, as long as the action is happening in destination, it's going to remain hyper-local. The main, the main asset is relationship to homeowners. That's hard to scale. We've seen that. Uh, with Vacasa and others uh, who have really struggled to to create meaningful unit economics and growing a, a serious large business. Um, you know, churn rate will fuel new property managers. And I think we will see, I, I would argue that at the moment, we see more PMs uh, starting than the ones are closing, actually. Or being For sure, started. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So there we go. So the fragmentation is continuing. We're we're tracking yeah. 140,000 PMs in the world. So on the tech side, yeah, Guesty is very interesting. You know, 170 million Series F is a lot of cash. And and they're, they want to do a market grab. You know, I mean, now they bought Kigo which actually was a surprise to me because, to be honest, I don't know how much left was of Kigo there. Right. I know that they lost a lot of customers in Europe, yeah. and now and now they did a they did a regional play with with Australia as well with with HR Room. Um, they they bought an, uh, an Australian player to to really get into that Aussie market, right? And and probably they will buy something in Latin America if there's out there's something out there that will get them into the Latin American market as well. 
um, to spend that capital. And and um, there's without a doubt going to be assets in the US for sale within the next six months, if not already on market, uh, that they will look at very carefully. At the end of the day, it really depends, you know, who are the investors and the owners behind these businesses? You know, I mean, some have invested a lot of venture capital money and VCs are not going to sell for cheap, right? So, and 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 Guesty has been always extremely um, disciplined in terms of their valuation and the way they look at the market, and they not they don't just throw money out of the window. They want to make smart and 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 good acquisitions from a price standpoint. So it really depends what kind of businesses they can grab at what price. So they will look more at businesses that probably are more privately owned than they are uh, super uh, owned by investors, which probably will drive. Um, price expectations uh, potentially down, but others that are out there in the market who are looking to exit, they their value expectations are absolutely enormous. And you know, Blue Star buying track at a multiple, what it's been talked about, that's a massive number. And I would think that I, I guess he as a strategic buyer is not prepared to send the same uh, the same what type of valuations. So it's actually going to remain uh, very, very interesting, but the tech consolidation will definitely continue in the next year or two, and we will see less and less uh, PMS players in the space. Yeah, I think so. I remember when we were in San Antonio last year, you saying to us in the vendor hall, look around right now, in a year, yeah. two years, a lot of these vendors, you know, especially be. PMSs will not be here <laughs> when we come back. Yeah. So. A lot, a lot of consolidation going on, and obviously we've talked about this on our previous Simon says it's it's nothing new, as you said, it's nothing yeah. new. Consolidation happens in all in all industries, but for all of us that are in this day in and day out, I feel like there's always just something new ha- hitting the news <laughs> that, that is shocking. Absolutely. Yeah. So VRMA is right around the corner. We are heading there. Let's see. That is October 22nd to the 26th. We'll be out there. And we are, I'm sure you know this time, we're hosting the red carpet for the Home Runners premiere on Sunday night. Hopefully we will see you there. I've already accepted the invitation from Matt. Of course Good. I am. <laughs> Good. Okay. Well, okay. we will interview you. Make sure you wear your bow tie. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> I have to go and search my bow tie. Trust me. There you go. We, we can find you one in Vegas with sparkles and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Uh, what, what are you looking forward to the most at VRMA? Do that as a closing. Um, that I'm not going to speak. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, my gosh. Yeah, you get to have to fun. Enjoy yourself. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. get have fun. Um, and uh, I'm not speaking this year, which is definitely a novum. Um, but uh, I, instead, I'm taking my time to do more networking, uh, you know, catching up, having some really good meetings with with people and uh, and and see what's happening in the market. We're actually going to announce uh, our new partner in the US who's coming to work with AGL as well, uh, which is awesome. So we will be very busy having a lot of conversations at the conference and and I'm really want to work the floor. And I'm I'm on one panel, which is about guest experience, which I'm looking forward to. Um, yeah. I've been asked to participate. Uh, guest experience is a hot topic, as we alluded to earlier. Yeah. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to spend a different VRMA, probably less stress, uh, and and maybe with a little bit more sleep than usual. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Well, thank We're you for joining excited. us today, yeah. Simon. It's great, great to catch up and uh, excited to see you in person in just a couple of weeks here. And uh, any any closing thoughts or anything else for our audience you want to share? Yeah, absolutely. First of all, thank you both, uh, Alex and Annie. 
Uh, we are also very thoughtful of anybody being affected by the hurricane, and I hope they're staying safe uh, from our uh, side here in Switzerland. Uh, we, you have a hurricane, we have a war, so you know I don't know yeah. what is better. Yeah. And and uh, I hope that the earth, the world will come to more peace uh, very very soon. And I think what helps us at these conferences as well, we share our we we share our traditions, we share our cultures. And we should be respectful of each other and 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 try to take some of that at home and and be me be more thoughtful. There's more than just vacation rental. There's a world to take care of, and I think we need to be very mindful of that. Absolutely, yeah, that's great. Well, thank you everybody for tuning in for this episode of Simon Says, brought to you by AJL Atelier. If anybody wants to contact Annie and I, you can go to alexandandypodcast.com. And uh, Simon, what's the best way for anybody to contact you? Absolutely. So the best way to contact me is on simon.lehman, that's L-E-H-M-A-N-N, at ajlatelier.com, or you find me on LinkedIn. Yeah, we need to get that at Atelier. Sorry, <laughs> we wasn't calling it. Here. <laughs> it's the accent. We can't do it as cool. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. We will see you at VRMA, hopefully, and talk to you next time. Bye. Take care.